Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. This is episode two in our series looking at the top right thinking model and Dulcie joins us again. Hi Dulcie, how are you? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. Good, and Sue joins us as well. So many a pod time guest, Susan, welcome back. <laughs> thank you. And I called you Susan as well, which is hence the laugh. Um, so episode two, we took, we said we we're going to talk at the end of episode one, Dulcie, about a bit of a case study where we'd work together. And I know this came from uh, some thoughts that you had. So do you want to talk us through you know where the spark came from how you thought about joining the work we do together with the work that you do and what we were trying to prove or disprove yeah sure so um in science I think that's the best way to place to start as always the best place to start is often in the science there is a more than a strong suggestion actually there's there's really good evidence to suggest that when we go into threat mode so for most of us we'll know threat mode as fight or flight but actually there's there's four different responses we can experience as human beings which is fight flight freeze so actually we just can't think of anything to say or do or appease so yet say yes and and try and get try and get somebody to like you or try and get somebody to to leave you alone appease but we say yes and mean no um what the science suggests is that when we are in that threat space our brain uh, in particular our prefrontal cortex which is the bit that does all your critical thinking does your decision making enables you to join dots and you know anything really that you need to think about what we understand is that when we're in that threat mode the bit of our brain that does all of that higher level critical thinking is temporarily starved of blood and oxygen in order to go and power our desire to fight or our desire to run away or our freeze mode or our gosh quick I best think of something to say to appease what that means for productivity and I think this has only ever been theorized about is that if we are in that threat mode we won't be as productive because we will in effect not have a fully working brain and um, we certainly have a we'll have a fully working conscious brain and Therefore, there should be a correlation in productivity when somebody has been threatened. And when we say threatened, Simon, we don't necessarily mean like physically threatened. Um, I use David Rock's SCARF model a lot to talk about the sorts of threats that we experience. And SCARF's an acronym. So we can experience a threat to our status, our sense of certainty, our autonomy, our relatedness, or our sense of fairness. And these can be real or perceived, but our body operates them in the same way so what I was really keen to trial but couldn't think of a way to do it was if somebody is feeling threatened the science says that their productivity will be reduced because their blood and oxygen that powers the clever bit of their brain will be elsewhere powering their fight or flight reflex and also there's a multitask I think that goes on which is like oh you know I'm second guessing somebody's motives or I'm angry and you can't do two things at once. And that's when two things happened. So I'd got a client um, who I we won't mention their name, but I was working with a client on top right thinking and we'd we'd looked at doing top right thinking with with their business and they 
did subsequently look at um, introducing that as a as a sort of leadership principle and they wanted a time and motion study doing which I said oh I know some guys who do that that kind of old-fashioned stuff but I said you know they, they talk about it as productivity and it's much more than that and I connected the two of you together and it left me wondering oh hang on I wonder if there is a way that we could check fairly scientifically whether somebody's productivity is impacted when they are spoken to in a bottom right way. And if you remember from last time's podcast, um, bottom right is where there is not much empathy, there's not much trust in a conversation, but there's lots of challenge and it triggers the threat response. And helpfully, this client is really innovative, really likes to partner with people. And they said, yeah, let's try it. And so the really exciting thing was we'd got a a client who wanted to do like productivity studies, but they understood the principles of top right. And it was it was simply those things coming together. But I've got to say, I don't think I've ever been more excited about a you know, a slightly random idea coming off. But I, I'll, I'll maybe let Sue tell you what happened next because um, I think what we found, it's a small study, we've done it twice, but we've got lucky twice, Sue, or we've found something really exciting. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, I think we've found something exciting. So you're right, twice we've, we've done it now. We've kind of when our team was studying, part of what we do as measuring how people are working is looking at the pace that people are working at and that's not just about speed pace is about how effective they are doing their job so it has elements of quality in there as well and so what our team have been looking out for when they've been studying is having been explained the top right thinking model to them so they know when kind of there's been the sort of conversation that that might create threat, then we can look to see what happens to the pace that people are working at. And we have seen drops from the ideally that you'd want to see, which is brisk and business-like, is 100. And we've seen drops of down to 80 and 75 when people have had com- been on the receiving end of conversations that have then um, been difficult for them and have created a threat. And it's interesting to see what happens. Not only do you get that drop, but then how long it takes people to come back up. And usually it's over an hour. And the Mm. thing that seems to bring them back up is when there's customer interactions. And so that interacting with another human and being kind of clicking into your next job, if you like, is the thing that seems to bring them back out of it. While they're carrying on doing their task heads down and no doubt chuntering in their heads about things, then that that pace stays down. But you're right, Dulcie, we've seen it on a few, quite a few occasions now. So it's uh, exciting to see. And that that threat, Sue, just to quantify, I suppose, is could be something as simple as, you know, I've built the display and I think it's amazing. My line manager, manager's manager comes over and says, that's not very good. Yeah, yeah and it, it was things like somebody being a bit, been spoke to quite harshly so whether there's a harsh tell of somebody to do something so lacking in empathy so it can be speaking to somebody harshly we also saw it where somebody got the blame for something that went wrong now whether they were to blame or not but that fact of being blamed seems to be the thing that that caused the dip for them 
And you would see that that would trigger somebody's sense of fairness. So, so that's the F in David Rock's scarf model. If you don't think the criticism is fair or you were certain that something was good to take your display point, Simon, I, I really liked I'm, I'm, I, I think this is good. And somebody says it's not that they're the sorts of things in a modern day world kick off our fairly paleolithic um, threat response. Because remember that threat response is about the, the cave person in us you know, fighting bears and marauding invaders, but the wiring is still there. So I I just think it's fascinating, Sue, that we've been able to evidence that there is this really quite significant drop in productivity um, and that it lasts for an hour. And, And for me, the most exciting thing about this is you can change the productivity in your business if you avoid putting people in that threat space, which is entirely possible to do. We probably can't help temporarily triggering that threat response sometimes because we might say something that somebody thinks is unfair. We didn't mean it to be unfair, but we didn't know about it. If you are practiced at noticing when somebody seems to have taken something the wrong way and you are trained in how to recover that quickly what we're saying is that there is a you can change the performance of your business by noticing those quite subtle things um and you know it's worth money right it's it's profitability that we're talking about being affected here and the other great thing we've seen is it can go the other way so we've seen examples as well of where there have been great conversations with people and then people's productivity has gone up from the, the pace measure from 100 to up to 105, 110, where there's been kind of a really good setup to somebody doing things. There's, you know, examples where there was a regional manager had a conversation with somebody and obviously set them up to do the job really well. And so it can not only, you don't get just get the negative impact when it's a, bad conversation if you like but actually a good conversation can can push up productivity as well so it works both ways and and it's intuitive right so I would imagine that most of us think that we would work better for somebody who's encouraging and you know cheers us on to do something and you know if we're a bit miffed about something we might be slower and we might be off in a huff or whatever but what I love about what you've been able to do and I've not been able to find any evidence that anybody else has done it in a workplace setting is to prove it in real life what we intuitively know to be true which is how somebody is spoken to, how somebody is led on the shop floor has a direct correlation with workplace productivity. Yeah, it's it's amazing to have done it. And I think to, it's never been more prescient, really, in terms of kind of all the conversations that are sort of around in the press and at the moment about sort of bullying and it kind of what we haven't, we've not seen things that you'd count as far as bullying, but actually it just shows that it can happen that you get these situations where you get behaviours that are just create the wrong situation to get the best out of the humans that work in it. Yeah. It's got me thinking then. So you, you mentioned, Sue, kind of the bounce, let's call it the bounce back was kind of an hour because customers were there and, you know, you, I suppose your mind starts to move on and think about other things. Would be good to try and prove this out as well, maybe in an environment where there's less customer. So if I'm picking in a warehouse, is the impact longer? 
because yeah, I don't, don't I don't bounce that, yeah. back. So we've we've not done that, but clearly, if anybody's listening and thinks, love to help you prove that we're all three of us happy to have the conversation, because um, yeah. that might be a different bounce back. It might be. I think I think one of the things we know from science, which is quite new. So I've started quoting a an article from February 2023 from the University of Kansas. So it's really recent. But they have started to evidence that just one quality conversation with somebody boosts like physical well-being. And they found um, sort of seven ways to communicate where we feel more bonded, which is like includes things like showing care, offering sincere compliments and, you know, joking round. So I think what we saw with the customer interaction is it's it's that human connection. And if just one a day can improve our well-being, so I'm kind of looking with my well-being hat on over there. But if there's a connection between that making people more productive as well, you start to really see something powerful about Again, evidence in why human interaction, um, quality conversations, caring for each other, you know, doing nice things for people at work is actually likely to increase their well-being, but also increase productivity where maybe there's a productivity lapse or gap because somebody's feeling a bit wounded by something that probably wasn't intended to wound them. So, all of these things, again, you know, people say, oh, you know, well-being at work and, um, you know, it, it's nice to be nice and all of these things. But fundamentally, I think what we're seeing is they impact bottom line productivity and, and therefore they impact bottom line profit. And, and for me, it's that direct correlation that is so exciting. Yeah, and I think in a world where uh, you'll know as well as us, see that everybody's looking for the next cost saving or the next bottom line enhancement or the next service experience that makes them differential, then something really to consider in terms of how that leadership style and behavior is being delivered and therefore the, you know, the consequence and impact we've just talked about. Well, yeah, and, and there's no downside, right? It, it's not like you're, you're putting in a process that takes longer. It's not that people aren't well-intentioned and you know I, I don't think I've met anybody who is intended to lead badly or intended to wound somebody deliberately with a criticism most people just think they're being direct and honest but if you knew that your way of being direct and honest was affecting productivity hour by hour or you became aware that there was something about maybe your tone of voice or your body language that was inadvertently meaning that people were less productive changing that is it's not a big deal right I've helped people to you know overcome these things because self-awareness is once you know it's there you can stop doing it quite often you people are intending to do things that reduce productivity so for me it's like a, a really quick easy win in a in a business world where usually getting that kind of productivity increase is really hard work right you've got to invest money or you've got to invest in a system or you've got to invest in in something physical um to aid a process whereas here we're just saying actually how you speak to people matters so let's invest in the people and the chances are you're going to be doing some sort of leadership development anyway but this is leadership development that actually has evidenceable 
bottom line impact. And quite often that's the difficulty with leadership development. It's hard to prove the ROI. Whereas I think what we're saying is we can prove the ROI. Um, and that's going to be really interesting, I think, for, you know, hopefully a couple of clients to pick up is how far can we take this? Absolutely. And so in terms of, do you maybe just want to explain the kind of the process? So Dulcie, we had the conversation with Dulcie and then it kind of came to you and your team, what what you did? Yeah, so so we... What I did is I'd got the um, top right model that I'd been using with people anyway. And um, I got Dr. Ian Price, who I know you're going to speak to in this series, to help me critique it, to make it ready for you guys to use for your observations. And then it was about that, you know, as you were observing people, you know, going about their daily business and how long it took them to, I don't know, make a drink or, you know, serve a customer, you were also observing the how they did it, so that how they speak to their teams, how they, you know, behave around a store, and and it it it's that that I think nobody's done before. It's that integrating the what we know about the science of leadership and neurolinguistics and all of that, but integrating it with people doing their day job. On a, on a shop floor and I think the fact that we've now replicated it with with the team um, at Rethink means that it's it's real right you, you don't get lucky twice <laughs> no no and from a practical perspective we can integrate it into the different types of studies that we do so whether in it's an efficiency study where it's a team-wide study that's looking at performance over time that's where we've seen quite a bit of the the pace changes that are happening. We've also done it as part of role study where we're shadowing individual roles to see what impact um, their their conversations are having on the people around them as well. So we've developed a way of doing it that means we can integrate it into a lot of our different study types. Um, And it's something that, you know, with Dulce's help, we've been able to make it. So it's, it's nice and straightforward for our team to be able to do it that makes it really easy to integrate it into the practicalities of capturing data. Yeah, I mean, they're there anyway, so aren't they? So it's it's not as if you're adding in another process. You've just got your teams doing two things at the same time. And I know speaking to some of them, they're like, actually, it's really interesting for them to do because they're they're integrating something that they, you know, do do all the time with a, with a new angle to, you know, a new lens to view it through. So I know speaking to them, they're, they're really excited about it as well. Yeah. So in summary then, lots of benefits, as we said, I think you captured it really well, Dulcie, in terms of, you know, who wouldn't want to increase their bottom line profitability. Um, Easy for kind of for the rethink team to do in terms of it blends nicely into our study methodologies. And then Dulcie, clearly you can then take the results and work with those leadership teams to drive that performance and therefore, you know, underlying productivity even further. Yeah, and 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 that's what I want to do more on now that we've kind of proved it, if you like. So that you know, initially it was about oh, I wonder if we could actually prove just how much money is being lost by people not being spoken to very well at work. But now we've proved that. What I'm, I'd love to do is to work with a company who then want to use me to develop their leaders to very specifically make it safe for you know these top right conversations to happen so actually 
then evidence that across a business, if you show people how to increase trust, because there are things that we do as human beings that do increase trust, so it's entirely trainable. If you show people how to do that, and then you show them how to challenge without triggering a threat response, what I'm now super excited about is if we trained that in, what would the productivity look like before? And what would the productivity look like after? Because if we are onto something here, which I think we all are, and we repeated the before and after, we've got a really clear ROI for leadership development. Because as Sue said, it's not just about the kind of disbenefits of putting somebody into threat mode. It's about what happens when you speak to somebody well, what happens when you're encouraging. And therefore, there should be a really big business benefit in doing this with somebody. And and for me, it's that scale that I'd love to tackle next if we could find a partner to do that with. Yeah, I think that'll be the interesting bit to look at the, the before and after. So we did a bit of the analysis work before where we've, we've looked at the, the kind of before scenario and already there are some interesting variances in terms of different job roles and uh, different sort of levels of capability. But I think to have a, a before and after for training would be, uh, be brilliant to do. Mm-hmm. So there's the challenge then. If you're listening and this excites you, uh, we think clearly there's a massive opportunity for organisations then get in touch with us, you know, know where to find us. Dulcie, where's the best place for people to find you? Uh, Toprightthinking.com. Um, or also if they're by It's Not Bloody Rocket Science, which you can easily find on Amazon. Um, the contact details are all in there as well. Brilliant. And we'll, we'll put your LinkedIn profile as well on the show notes yeah, so people can click through and connect. Brilliant. Well, Sue, Dulcie, Really appreciate your time on this episode and we'll head into episode three where Dr. Ian joins us. Thanks both. All right. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye.